Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! To the Sneaker History Podcast. What up, what up? Welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast. It's been a, a rock and roll kind of a night. We've been struggling to get this shit working, but the three of us, myself, Nick Engvall, Mike Guillory, Robbie Falke, are here to talk some kicks. We're talking some new releases tonight, and uh, or today, whenever you're listening to this, watching it. But uh, what's good, fellas? How you guys doing? Fan freaking tastic. I'm good. I'm good. Good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <All> good. <laughs> uh, what, what are you guys uh, rocking and copping lately? Okay, Robbie, you go first, player. Right? It's just like, huh? <laughs> He's going to take an hour or so. We're just going <laughs> all the shoes out. I realize I'm not, I'm wearing my PJs. I didn't realize. Showing so much skin. Hey, PJ Poppy. <laughs> the top two are blinding. So we have a nice Adidas superstar. Gorgeous. Timeless. And I feel like it's it's counterpart, right? In terms of like brand rivalry. I like to be more like this. Brand rivalry. You know? Or maybe it's like the Air Force One versus the superstar. I don't know. But I was feeling gracious. So we went both ways. Um and then Coppin, I think I'm just trying to get Mike those Gundams. Like, I really don't even care. Well, that's not nice. anything too much personally this week. The Bordeaux Jordan ones in like two or three weeks. Talk to me then. But I think I'm just trying to get Mike some Gundams and see how that goes. My man, no, that's that's awesome because I know my luck with sneakers and uh, not uh, not super fantastic. So I appreciate all assistance with that. I just. Just need one pair. I'm not trying to be greedy, but whatever. Um, I mean, of course, Gundam is on my cop-in list. Uh, but there's also another one I've been looking at is the uh, the Air Max 95 Air Max Run Club. Those things are sick. They like replaced the traditional Air Max 95 tongue with like a uh, one of the runners from like the 70s, and then it has like the kind of um, I guess this was that chenille type level, like carpet on the side with the Air Max Run Club tag on it. They're pretty sick, like multicolored. So those are pretty cool. I don't know when they're coming out, but uh, that's on my coffin and on the rocking list. I mean, I guess I had to do it for you for, for the podcast and look like a, a goober, but you know. <laughs> You're not a goober, man. That's awesome. I <laughs> uh, just got these in the Salihi Binbury uh, 574 Yurts. And I, dude, this is such an underrated shoe. People who, you know, didn't like it, I, I think you should just reevaluate it because this is such a good shoe. Uh, especially for, you know, that fall winter time is, uh, 
super bulky, but super nice materials. And, um, uh, I think I'm really happy. I actually decided against not buying it. So got it for retail, which even makes it better. So that's what I'm, what I got going on. What about you, Nick? That's a good one. Uh, I, let's see, I've been basically wearing the, the Saucony Cortana three, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to run, you know, trying to, trying to keep up with you at least go every other day or so Try. Uh, at least. But, um, as far as copping, I, I don't really know. Like I, I I'm kind of like in the same boat. Like I entered a few of the Gundam raffles for you, but I haven't had any luck yet. So, I mean, kind of is what it is. I just, I, I've just been, uh, I guess disheartened for releases lately. Cause there's just not a lot of stuff that is easily accessible. You just copped some Air Max nineties for me. So you did have a cop. Well, yeah, I guess Easy I did. I, I did have a, I did get Air Max nineties from Robbie and, uh, some some uh adidas boston nines to run in so i have to also know i did two miles today too hey. so nice trying to i meant to take photos and such but not my forte but i wore my on running shoes shout out to on as i ran today but uh i busted my ankle out on like fourth of july and i still haven't been able to run right so taking it very slow thought it'd be a good time to get back into it so we're all running if you join the discord we're all getting our shoes on. We're all running. Come join the, come join the pack, you know, the wolf pack. Yep. <laughs> I hate that. And I only, I don't hate it. Shout out to Foamy and Buckets. Wolf pack is great, but it's already taken. So that's why it's not good for us. So exactly. The the, the dirty dogs. Can we the 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 last dirty dogs? Dirty dogs. Secret history run club. It was not used yet. Shout out to Ted Lasso. <laughs> okay, time out. Nick here. Before we get into the rest of today's episode, I wanted to ask you a favor. We're looking for sponsors for the podcast, and I thought, who better to ask than the listeners that support us already? If you're like me, you probably listen to a lot of podcasts, and you know exactly who the sponsors are that you like, and definitely those that you don't. If that sounds like you, send us an email to podcast at sneakerhistory.com with some of the brands that you would like to hear sponsor the Sneaker History Podcast. It would really help us out, and it will save you from hearing about the guinea teas or industrial cleaning supplies or other weird stuff like that that doesn't make any sense all right enough of the business let's get back to the show oh man we gotta uh we gotta do a, a an episode at least for patreon for for ted lasso i don't know if you guys are are caught up on it all but i finished it and i finished the second season and i'll lebron it for you nate's the worst fucking person ever love <laughs> that dude brats throw punch that guy like no yeah. spoilers but i'll fight him on site the yeah. funny thing is, you knew it was coming, right? Like I didn't know until like like halfway through the season. I was like, "This son of a gun here!" Like <laughs> when he had the meltdown in the game, I thought he was just acting out for like attention. He wasn't like really being malicious. Then when he had the whole fucking Darth Vader suit on type thing, I was like, "Wow, okay, yeah. you're that yep. guy." Yeah. Yep. Oh man, yeah. Anyway. That that is a that is a great show and a great podcast topic though so we'll have to get into that soon i'm sure rowett's probably watched that too right oh we have to with them. like we can't do that episode without Rowett. he yeah. lives for it yeah so this episode we're gonna we're gonna get into some uh just some sneaker releases this all kind of feeds into the discord if you're in the discord under sneaker release info the sneaker release info channel all these releases will be in there uh as you're looking at this but um basically as soon as they're published so first up is the Travis Scott Nike Air Max One in the Cave Stone colorway. 
And I'll just say we should probably not get into the chaos of Astro World because I feel like we could go down a whole ass rabbit hole with that. So let's just talk about the shoe itself and see what you guys think about it. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's that's a whole episode within itself as well. I think um, I'm underwhelmed by this. If we're talking purely about the shoes, I'm underwhelmed by this particular colorway. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that the the makeup of the Air Max One, what he's done with it. But I have to say, the first two that they're planning on releasing looks better than this one. Um, that's all I have to say. But it's nothing nothing special to me, in my opinion. I think the colorway is really cool. I mean. Definitely like Raiders vibe to it. I don't like the only thing I really don't like about it is like the the colored in kind of like the oh I guess this particular pair doesn't have the colored over air bubble, but some of the other pairs have like the spray painted over air bubble. And I know LeBron's done that a couple of times on his models in the past. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that look. This because it is not spray painted, I like more. Um, but just, I think the reverse swoosh is awkward. It reminds me a lot of the Odell Beckham stuff. Oh, yeah. Right? Remember the Odell mm-hmm. stuff that definitely flops super hard? This will not flop because it has Travis's name to it. But it has a lot of similar vibes. It also has um, adapt vibes to it. Remember that first adapt colorway? I have a look at the black and a little bit of blue, just like this. So it's channeling a couple different looks. It's not the look for me. I think it's important to remember that there's a whole generation of kids who have different tastes than us, right? So, like, may not be the shoe for us, but uh, there's definitely going to be, like, a 15-year-old who hits on sneakers and then I crap his pants. He's so excited. So, power to him when that happens. Yeah. Uh, when that boo-boo is made, it'll be cool. <laughs> it's, yeah, just, I, it's not for me. I agree with you, Robbie. The, the air bubble being painted is the one thing I don't like about any of them at all. Like, I just never liked that. The only, I guess I take that back. The only time I ever liked it was the Toronto or Canada Air Max one that had that white and black with the, the Canadian flag on the tongue. That actually looked pretty good. Although I still think it would look better with just a regular clear air bubble. I think, you know, for me, that's always an important piece, but this colorway is like, it's kind of whatever to me. I I think the other two colorways, they're not colors that I would ever wear or care about, but I think the colorways and the the, the details are really interesting. Um, I, I guess in the lineage of, of Travis Scott shoes, I think things are at least getting more interesting than cool. I did a Houston colorway. Cool. I did a, you know, purple colorway of the four. Cool. I did a backwards swoosh on the, swoosh on the Jordans and cool. I like brown. That seems to be like how he's, you know, stepped through the stages of design. And this at least seems like there's been a lot more effort put into it. There's a lot of different little details and, you know, things that aren't on the regular Air Max one. I like the I like the tongue has the the Air Max 95 kind of vibe with the multiple lace spots on it. up. So, yeah, but definitely not for me. Definitely hope that if you're after this, that you get it. But I won't be your competition on that day. Uh, the next one up, we we got uh, the Supreme Nike SB Dunk High Brazil. Uh, so, I mean, Nick, you brought up a really, you didn't even mean to bring up a good point, but just like not everybody needs to be competition for a sneaker. This Brazil Supreme Dunk, I'm not a buyer. And you know what? That's okay to not be a buyer. You don't have to gobble up everything just to gobble it up. 
Like the Brazil is cool. Supreme stuff is cool. Dunks are cool. Not all ingredients come together to make a beautiful dish. So I will not be a buyer, but again, someone's going to be super happy to have this shoe and like salute to you. Happy person. But like, not not everybody has to be competition with one another for shoes. Yeah. Well, I have to say that I'm typically not a big Supreme shoe fan, but I find myself actually really liking this one. Um, I don't know uh, something about it. I like, I like the how the the traditional Brazil colors are broken up by like the writing on it with the white and uh, red accents. Um, yeah, I, I really like them. I don't see myself going for them. I just I know the little drill already. I don't want to even waste the time. So um, these are dope. Again, I'm, I'm not going to waste the time going after them, but if you get them, I think it's a solid shoe to add to the collection. Yeah, I agree. It's a good looking shoe. I think, you know, it's, it's not for me. I'd prefer different. There's definitely other Brazil shoes that I'd much rather have besides this one. I'm not a crazy Supreme fan anyway, but I think it's, I think it's pretty dope, but it's, it's kind of typical of what you expect from Supreme at this point, right? They just kind of throw their, their branding or their kind of attitude on top of something that we already know is going to do well. So, um, yeah. What's kind of uh, is that like, I just got, I feel the same way about Supreme. I just got a Supreme sweatshirt for my birthday and I haven't got a Supreme article of clothing in a long time. And I have no idea who they, what the collab is, what's going on, but God damn it. That thing is like heavy and it's comfortable and it sits very nicely. Nice. So like Supreme, I mean, you might not get the pattern. I think a lot of us just don't get it nowadays. Maybe it's just above our heads, but like, it still fits damn good sometimes. So like Supreme quality is still there. Just doesn't always yeah. make sense. I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, like I got a, I got one of the shirts from like Greg hooked me up with one of the shirts he hit on uh, that first, first week this season of the, uh, oh shit, I just drew a complete blank. The Rick Rubin photo tee. And you know, like this one of the guys that I really look up to and quality of that shirt is really nice i was i was impressed when i pulled it out so totally agree uh the next one up on the list of releases is the official images of the nike Kyrie 8 fire and ice falls in line with all Kyrie things i mean i don't have a opinion about it here or there i mean if it if it's anything like any other Kyrie, i mean it's going to perform well on court typically uh, i think that probably the Kyrie 5 was the only one i didn't like um question is is who's gonna be wearing them on court that's the biggest question with the Kyrie, but that's for a different day. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing to write home about. As long as it stays in, you know, in this lane and does what it's supposed to do, I don't see we're gonna have any problems. I mean, what's funny is that Kevin Durant did a bit of a KD nine fire and ice shoe, and then there was an All Star Kevin Durant. So the fire and ice was a GS pair, yeah. one red, one blue, very stereotypical. And then there was a KD7, I believe. Uh, no, pardon me, KD8. The Christmas pair also was like fire and ice, two-tone type deal. That's also very cool. This one, I just don't think it has enough to like tell that fire and ice story other than an ice cube on fire on the tongue. Like, right? They're going to phone in until he gets back on the court, I feel like. They're not going to release anything crazy, I think, until they get someone, I mean, until, you know, WNBA starts up and, you know, oh, well, Sue Bird's retiring, never mind. So, uh, no one's wearing them. Like, like, like you said, WNBA. How Texan are you? You said WNBA. 
Hey man, look, you know where I'm from. <laughs> you, know where, you know where I live at. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's hilarious to me. I don't know why. Sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, I actually think this is one of the better colorways of the shoe so far. In in terms of like just like generally, it just like looks good, right? But I, you know, there's a lot wrapped up into Kyrie's shoes at this point, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what's gonna what's going to come from it. But speaking of like keep Sue fresh is one of the next ones on, on the list of releases too. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just, it's like the colorway, it looks good, but if you're not going to see it on the court, does it, does it, you know, resonate with people? I don't know. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I know we're in a point now where, people don't buy shoes really based on the, you know, on core performance, but I still think that you need to have the shoe. Like if it's a performance model, you're going to need to at least have someone playing them because it's easy for me to, or not me, but maybe it's easy for a kid to justify, Oh, you know, Kevin Durant's my favorite player. Um, he's wearing, I can, I can easily see what he's wearing on court or the, you know, the pictures that people take now and put on Instagram and the highlights are just so great. You can see, Oh, this shoe is dope. Like I want to get that one. If no one's wearing it, it's hard to justify it. And with Kyrie's typically his first colorway is really sick. Like his first colorway is always something, you know, out there hard to get. Um, they don't ever re-release them. So I'm really surprised that they're going to go this basic. I mean, again, it probably hasn't a lot to do with him not being on the court, but between this one and again, super not, I don't think she's coming back this next year. I don't understand what, what the marketing technique will be because unfortunately I think they're going to sit around and hit that, you know, maybe hit that, that blue tag or red tag special pretty quick. Maybe he'll do a collab with Aaron Rodgers. He'll resign with Nike. <laughs> oh man. Hey, what can we call that be insane? <laughs> I'm a scientist collaboration. That's what we're going to call it. I'm, I'm a not, like Monday I mean, quarterback, Monday morning scientist. That's what they're going to be. I mean, okay. Call me crazy. And I, I know this person wouldn't do it. Maybe with a KD. So like both Kyrie's and KD's let's great hoop shoes, tons of players in the league, wear them tons of players on every level where both of those lines, they're very good basketball shoes, but they're boring as hell now. Like I believe, was it yeah? Cousteau brought up a point of you not needing a signature shoe every single year. Yeah. I so agree with that. It hurts. What you could do, and what I think there needs to be more of. Why don't you have like Charlemagne the God do a collab on like a KD? I'd buy Charlemagne the God KD. I know he's a Knicks. He'd probably feel more of the Knicks than than Brooklyn. But just like if you get somebody regional, who's like super popular and like relevant. Doesn't always have to be Travis Scott. It doesn't always have to be the same collaborators over and over again. Why can't someone get a cameo, as they used to say in Beer Paul? You know, let me get one shot. <laughs> quick shot. Let people, they do the one shot with jerseys, right? Bleacher Report in the NBA, outcasted um, Atlanta Hawks jerseys, right? Oh, yeah. Does not have a substantial relationship with either Nike, Bleacher Report, or the Atlanta Hawks formally. But you put it together one time and it worked and it's super successful. Dipset for New York. That was super cool. A me named Portland. Super cool. So like, why can't there be more 
one-offs or you know cameos on these signature shoes that would spice it the hell up and be super cool and those type of people are at the game too like if you had a, a, a Jesus and Mero um KD that'd be so sick and they're at the games all the time like I, like they're on the court it's so that'd be so cool uh, I think we're lobbying for a sneaker history cameo for a pack of shoes. Uh, <laughs> That'd be okay. Okay with that. Just uh, to contract in the mail, please. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I think that's a dope idea, but I, I think that that, that wouldn't require a lot of confidence from Nike and Nike's not a confident company, right? Like if Nike was a confident company, you wouldn't have 15 Travis Scott collabs or 20 Travis Scott collabs. You wouldn't, you wouldn't release we do. three, four colorways of one shoe. You know, and and I don't mean that in a bad way. Like their their confidence, they're lacking confidence because of their success, right? Like once you make it to a certain level, you're afraid to step off and take challenges and take on risk because you have more and more people have have put money behind you to say keep making more money. And at the end of the day, if if you worry about that, then why would you ever go away from Virgil Abloh making? every Jordan. I mean, really like Virgil Abloh should make Jordans one through 23, if not more for the next, however long, and they will sell those shoes more than they would sell the regular retros of that shoe. And that sucks because you just don't get into the creative aspect of where people could go. Like your, those ideas, right? Like those are all people that are going to come to the table and have like a, a, a different thought process, right? Like just think of, you know, the way I mean, one of the next releases that we'll we'll talk about is from Bodega, right? A collaboration with Bodega. But then you think of like Jesus Mero, the Bodega Boys, all the creativity that's going to come from them. Even though, like, at from a surface level, like, yeah, there's this connection to like the idea of a Bodega, which if you're have been living under a rock, that's basically like the corner store in you know major cities. On the East Coast, for the most part, the West Coast doesn't really call them bodegas, but now they do because it's become a, a thing, right? Sure. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of crazy to think that you know the level of risk. If you look at like the following of a you know Jesus and Marrow versus Travis Scott, you know Virgil Abloh, or to your point about you know, like even Outkast or Amine or any of these people that have done these kind of other projects that have had successful projects elsewhere, the guaranteed sell-through of Travis Scott and Virgil Abloh is so high compared to a creator that's small. Look at Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish has sold, like those shoes are have, have not sold nearly as well as maybe, you know, people thought. And they're still available in a lot of different places, but she has a much bigger following probably than, you know, I don't know, like than, than most these. Right. So it seems like they would sell, but I don't know. She's I think a star. But let me ask this though. I'm, I'm passing to Mike is putting a whistle on the back of a shoe, taking a risk or is that like, what is that? Not not like throw slight, but like, I mean, that's kind of standard for, for running, right? Like trail running shoes. I think that's already been done. I don't, I don't remember exactly if, if it has, but I'm, you know, like the idea of carrying a whistle with you when you run or, or hike or any of that stuff, that's common in that world. 
So like the idea of connecting it to a shoe, it's, it's almost to me, that's no different than, you know, flip-flops with a bottle opener on the bottom. Like, I think it's great. You know, like you need a bottle opener when you're at the beach. Why not just put it in the fucking bottom of your shoe? You need a whistle when you're out in the middle of nowhere in the woods on a trail. Why not just put it in the bottom of your shoe? Like I'm not trying to take away from the creativity of Salehi and what he did with that because he brings a completely different audience and energy to that project. So I understand why new balance would, would want to do that. But like, I don't think that it's groundbreaking. I think that it it's also like a, it makes sense because he's like one of the hottest commodities in, in like streetwear right now or in, in fashion right now. I, I think with that to, for it to work, if we were to do that, uh, it's going to go back to making it regionalized and bringing that scarcity because that will do it. So say, all right, every year for the next couple of years, we're going to do, you know, all right, cool. We're going to do the South this year. We get outcasts, we get so on and so forth to design a shoe for that really speaks to a couple of teams in the South or for them specifically the, the Hawks. They design a shoe only re- is regionalized to Atlanta in the Georgia area in the Metro area. That's how you get those kinds of things that get the energy around it because no matter what people like scarcity, like you can sell them a, bag of dog crap and put Nike on it. And if it's only available in one place, they're going to go buy it. And that kind of eliminates that risk that you're talking about, Nick, because Nike knows that they make something, you know, quote unquote hype, they can sell anything. And if you put small numbers behind it, it will, it will work. And I think that, I mean, we probably will never see it or maybe it'd be a long time from now, but that's like, if they ever decided, you know, Wale, although no one really wears the phone posit so much anymore, they would say, hey, Wale, we need to do a phone posit just for DMV area. Let's try to make it somewhat reminiscent of either the Bullets or the Wizards. We're going to make 10,000 pairs. People are freaking out just because of scarcity. So if you did it that way, I think it would, it would work. But I think, I think they'd probably only worry working initially. Wait, wait, hold up. I'm using my Zach Morris powers here to call a timeout and tell you about a couple of our partners. These are some of the folks that help us keep the podcast going, and they have some exclusive discounts just for our listeners. Now, if you're already subscribed to our YouTube channel, you know how I love to display my kicks when I'm not rocking them. Sneaker Throne makes sneaker display cases featuring customizable LED lights and drop side cases to showcase the entire side of your shoe, not just the heel or the toe. To me, it's the perfect way to display your collection. You can save 10% on your Sneaker Throne order by using the code HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. That's HISTORY at SneakerThrone.com. Now, if you're a Patreon supporter and a member of our Discord community, you already know about Kicks with V Hot Sauce and his small batch, locally sourced hot sauce. V has been one of the biggest supporters of sneaker history and the podcast since the early days, and his hot sauce has been a huge hit within the community. To celebrate the launch of his new coffee habanero flavor hot sauce, and my personal favorite, his new habanero honey, he's given an exclusive discount to our podcast listeners. You can save 10% by using the code SneakerHistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. That's SneakerHistory10 at kickswithvhots.com. If you're interested in sponsoring the podcast or becoming a partner with our community, get in touch with us. You can reach us by email at podcast at sneakerhistory.com. Or better yet, tell some of your favorite brands they should be sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's get back into today's episode. I mean, and I think that, you know, it's not just Nike, right? I'm using Nike because we're talking about their shoes, right? But like like Adidas does this, you know, Sean Watherspoon is like the, the perfect example of that with Adidas. Like, he he's so popular across all different things. He's got such a massive following on his own accounts. He's got a massive following at his, at his, you know, business. And then he's got partnerships with guest jeans and, you know, whatever else. And to me that like 
there you you can only run through that so many times before you get to a point of like hey we gotta we gotta get more creative with it but like sneakers as a whole has taken the approach of like oh this is the hot person let's work with them no matter what right yeah you know if i'm if i'm at nike or adidas and maybe i'm old school and competitive but if i'm at new balance right now i'm not i'm not working with salehi while he's working with crocs and working with other brands i'm not working with sean if he's gonna you know if he's gonna be working with nike vice versa like it, it's not anything against those people like i just think that there needs to be some sort of commitment to the brand and to the initiative for a length of time like even if it's a year or two years or something like let that fall from people's minds before you get to the point of filling it up with another shoe from because adidas doesn't get anything out of that you know like new balance doesn't really get any long-term value out of that if the if i'm only paying attention because it's salehi like the point of a collaboration to me is to bring a, a new audience to a brand or to a to a creator and if it's not a two-way street then i don't think it makes sense and if somebody's doing collabs with you know hundreds of different people you know like even to in my opinion i even think it's weird that virgil does you know louis vuitton footwear and then goes and does nike footwear like to me it just doesn't like i think there should be some sort of separation there but i'm just you know i'm just a consumer <laughs> that makes sense so especially when it comes to like the competitive thing it's like i think uh it's funny enough because uh you know bringing you know kind of full circle Cousteau, his latest episode of hard pass was talking about how that it just people shouldn't even have brand deals anymore. They should come in, make the shoe, and just keep going because we have people moving around so much and just kind of doing whatever they want. I mean, Kanye is the example because he still wears Nike product. Heck, he was just here in Houston apparently at, at a museum here wearing the Comme de Garcon phone posits. Like, it, it clearly, you, you, the people have so much power now in the who making these making these collaborations that. They know that they're the reasons that people talk about these brands so they can do whatever they want. And it, again, it, I think it takes the competitive edge, just like you were talking about, Nick, earlier from the brands because they're relying so much on Kanye, Salehi, Virgil, uh, fill in the blank of the hottest person, Travis Scott, that they have free reign to kind of do what they want. So, heck, I, I, I agree with what, what Jock said. It's just like, take the contracts away, do the project, and move on because there's no way to make these people... You know, you can't lock them down to these contracts. I mean, unless you do something like with, uh, um, oh my God, Jerry Lorenzo, make him, you know, director of basketball Adidas. He's locked in now. But when you're just doing these collaborations, you really have no, you know, no hold on on these people to be committed and dedicated to a brand. If they, because creative people, their minds going to keep going. So like he's done Crocs, Anta, and New Balance all within a year. And it's not nothing wrong with that from him, his standpoint, because he's a he's a creative person. He just wants to keep creating, and whoever gives him the chance, he's going to do it. But it, like it, again, it's not something that's going to be conducive to the brand in the long run if they're putting all the same things out within the 365 days of each other. I think too, it's really you know, even with with like thinking of these creators that are that are doing so many projects in a year, there's something to be said about like the the strategy behind the way Jer Jerry Lorenzo does stuff with fear of God, right? Like he's very, 
you know, it's, it's not rushed. There's, there's time between things. Like, I think you have to give people time to like, enjoy the product and, and learn to love it as much as you do, you know, ahead of time building up hype for it. And I think that's kind of an interesting, like just phenomenon that's going on right now where we have all these things that are going on and it's like, the release of a shoe is, is the end of the story. And like, for instance, the end of the story for, for, in my opinion, for Salehi's New Balance that you got should be you and a bunch of other people that are out there, you know, hiking around, you know, kind of showcasing the shoes and, and using the whistle and like continuing that story in your own way. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you, how do you get to a point where you empower the consumers to do that when, the brands are so, you know, they're just in a, in a position where they have to make more money and have to keep it moving. And I also think that there's a two way street with, with partnerships like that, right? There's a level of respect and, you know, I would, I would, you know, use Kanye as kind of the, the, the whipping boy in the situation, right? Kanye is always going to try to do whatever he can to get people to talk about him. Yep. And if that means him wearing, you know, CDG phone posits, then so be it. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, people aren't buzzing about Yeezys, you know, he says something about, he should be able to wear Jordans, you know, like we, we see him repeat the same strategy over and over again. Like there's a lot of shocking stuff. All. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff of him just trying to get attention and, you know, for some people that works, but I think that, you know, that also is a reflection of Adidas choosing to let Wex go, because if if Wex didn't leave Adidas, I don't think you would see Kanye wearing any of that stuff, because there's like a level of respect there that's built over, you know, whatever it was, the five, six years, seven years of them working together, where like they respect each other and they don't want to step on each other's toes. And I think that you know, unfortunately, or, you know, like, I mean, maybe Wex was just ready to leave. I don't know if, if, if you haven't listened to the conversation, you know, that I published probably two months ago now, I'll put a link in the description, but like Wex is just a really, he gets it. And, you know, I think the, the footwear industry misses somebody like that because you, you don't, you can't really understand the level of, you know, the level of ego that comes with creatives you know, I mean, obviously we know Kanye because he's all over the place in public with his stuff, but like the rest of the creators that you see create things, it takes a lot to work with those people because unfortunately or fortunately, however you want to look at it, they have all these opportunities just surrounding them at all times now, right? It doesn't matter if you have done anything or not. If you have a big following and you have sold product for somebody else, another brand will want you to work with them. So if it means like I wear, you know, Reebok questions and Reebok gives me a deal and cool, this is authentic. But as soon as that deal happens, then it justifies me getting a deal with, you know, Ruffles, Ridges, potato chips, even though I don't fuck with Ruffles. Like I'm a, I'm a tortilla chip guy, like fuck Ruffles, you know, like that, that's how I feel. But like at the end of the day, I could say that and I could still go get a deal with a potato chip brand. You know, that's, that's how like the world works now. I mean, and I think we even saw that, right? Sean Weatherspoon that's what's said on one of them about Nike, you know, on, I think Drew or not Drew, uh, whose podcast was it? Uh, 
Yeah, it was Drew, right? With Don Drew, sit down with Don Drew. Um, was like, you know, basically like Nike could shit on me or whatever. And, and I'd still like wear their shoes or something. And unfortunately, that's how a lot of people feel, right? Like they are the pinnacle. They're so far above everybody else that it doesn't matter. And the people that like moved ahead with that with Adidas, it's kind of like, I don't know. That's kind of weird. I mean, hopefully the shoes sell out and he does well with it. But like anybody that's paying attention, that's a really odd thing. Because if I was like, fuck everything that Robbie stands for. And then two weeks later, I was like, me and Robbie got a collab. <laughs> It'd be like, people would be like, you don't stand for nothing. It's tripping. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I'm just kind of rambling at this point. Yeah, but. That's how it goes though. They, people travel where the money is. I mean, I can't be mad at them for the opportunities, but I feel that that just makes the, the things they come out with seem a little bit less authentic just because of that. But that's, you know, neither here or there. I think we fell down, fell down another rabbit hole. So, I mean, we're still talking about collaboration, so we might as well delve into this, this bodega five seven four, which the five seven four seemed to. I mean, it's a very steady shoe that has always been around, but it seems like it's finding new life lately with the emergence of the fifty seven forty. Of course, this uh, this Alehi, the the yurt, but it seems like it's getting new life with with a little bit more of a uh, more streetwear focused audience again. I don't like New Balances still. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, it's like every time I'm like, that's a good looking shoe. The materials could be nice. The color is pretty. I want to wear a 574. Period. This full cap. What about you, Nick? Tomorrow, 574 will appear at Robbie's door just because they're like. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it does, I will give it a genuine. I mean, I gave the 550 a genuine shot. Like I put it on my foot. I did two laps around the neighbor, around the the uh, living room, and I was like, "Yeah, not for me." Reboxed them, came new from me. Like, I tried, it's not for me. Yeah, I mean, the five seventy four is like one of my one of my favorites because it was just a cheap shoe that I could afford to get back in the day. So, like, it's still nostalgic to me. Um, it's sporting good. Yeah, it's it's absolutely it's it's a it's a Ross yeah. shoe, a, a Marshall Marshall shoe that's you know twenty four ninety nine. You know, sometimes even cheaper. But um, I think, you know, it's it's one of those things that that the cycle of these releases is always the same. Right. We see it with the Jordan twos, like all these people that are I've been wearing the Jordan twos forever. Right. That's why I got to buy the like, who cares? Like five years ago, the Jordan two came out. If you were paying attention to sneakers back then or whenever it was, like, I don't know when the exact time, 2013, so seven, eight years ago, the Jordan 2 was a big deal and it was all over the place, but it didn't sell out. It wasn't a, it wasn't like hype the way it is now, but okay, you wore Jordan 2s. Like, I've also worn Jordan 2s. Like, I, I, I just don't think like you have to prove to anyone that you were into it before it became a thing again, right? Like, if you want to get into that, like I've been wearing Dickies and Ben Davis for 30 something years. So fuck all y'all. Like well, what's, it, it, what's really funny about that is like I literally laugh on the inside people who like feel the need to justify what they're rocking. Like people care what they're rocking and they're going to call you out about it. It's so funny. It's like they're sitting there just like ready to defend themselves. It's like, all right, I'm ready. I'm yeah, ready. but I've been and, with, I've been and on top of that it's like I 
I'm fully aware that like, even though I've been wearing Ben Davis and Dickies for 30 some years, I got it from the guys I looked up to back then. They were wearing it for 30 years. Like, I've been wearing Pampers for 32. And like, you can't <laughs> tell me nothing. Yeah, it's all you. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird. I mean, the 574 is like, I like it because it's inexpensive and they make made in the USA ones that are still around 60 bucks on sale. And it's just a good, you know, comfortable, like beater shoe to me that you don't have to worry about. Yeah. But, but you know, like once it gets into the, like, you know, oh, who had this and who had that and who was around for the last time? It's like, you know, there's always somebody that was there before you and your experiences are unique. Our experiences are unique. If I had an experience with a 574 that was great, that doesn't mean that I'm justified to like, you know, be sent a pair of 574s or get free shit or talk shit to somebody who doesn't have a pair like it doesn't matter and that's the part about like the 574 right now and seeing all this like kind of buzz around it i'm just like well, you know what's, fuck, what's fucking wankers man it's thinking about how far had nike's been for so long like when sports authority was a place they would have like the reebok workouts and like the reeboks the new balances like the 574s you know the, the puma romas Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the skate shoes all in one area and like Nike in a, a display box over to like the left by itself, not even near. They'd be like, I remember specifically having the option to buy a 574 or a mesh Reebok. And I bought the mesh Reebok. I think, or it was bought for me. I was so little. I remember being like, ah, that, that new balance isn't it. But how all those other brands have kind of all been like a melting pot for so long. Yeah, and then like yeah. Nike's over here just crushing it. Like it's because it's because you know they were just putting it. They were like, nah, nobody's gonna steal anything but Nike or Jordan, so yeah, we'll right? just put everything else in. So like outside. Thanos and then all the Avengers. It's just like, well, Thanos is still stronger than all of you until Captain Marvel comes, and it's like they don't have a Captain Marvel coming. Maybe Easy is Captain Marvel, right? Yeah. Is an easier Captain Marvel? <laughs> like Captain Captain E. Captain E. Yeah. I, I it re- is interesting though, because like New Balance is going pretty hard with some of the retros, and they're going, they're trying to do all the collaborations, right? Like, you know, you've got like a Concepts nine nine two, an ALD nine nine three, and to me, you know, and the Bodega five seventy four, right? To me, like, just doing collaborations on all those shoes, I don't know if it, like, it doesn't appeal to me. Maybe it's because I, I have you know, a couple of pairs of, of each of those and, and most new balances, but like, you know, it's kind of like, I think Russ said it at some point on Twitter in the last couple of weeks where it was like, you know, some, some, some blog said, you know, a, you know, your it's your opportunity to, to buy a fresh new pair of gray new balances because everybody needs more gray new balances in their life. And Russ was like, no, you literally need one pair of gray new balance and you're done. And that's how I feel about a lot of shoes right now. Cause like, let's be honest. Like if you bought a nine, nine, three and a nine, nine, two, most people on the planet could not tell you the difference between those shoes. Even people that own those shoes probably can't tell you the difference between those shoes. And to me, like it feels like they're just trying to duplicate what they saw with, with Nike and, and these collaborations. Right. And some of it works, you know, the, the, the 550 to Robbie's point, even though Robbie didn't like it, like a lot of people like that shoe all of a sudden in the last few years compared to like, you know, I mean, New Balance retro basketball stuff has come out for a long time and it is 
chunky and uncomfortable, but like, I think it looks dope, but it's still chunky and uncomfortable. Like, you know, most people won't mess with that. They'd rather buy a Jordan one because if you're going to wear a chunky and uncomfortable shoe, the Jordan one, at least it has some clout. Yeah. Well, I mean, that really just, that brings us to our next shoe. So, I mean, Jordan one, OG high chenille. Um, I think if if we're going through the same cycle of how shoes are beginning to be a little bit more available because they're just kind of oversaturating things, I think this is going to be the one that sits because um, I don't need a Jordan 1 with the chenille flash carpet looking swoosh. If this does sell, it's going to sell the power of two things. One, it looks like that uh, part of that 85 pack that dropped All-Star Weekend last year. And also it looks like a St. John Dunk mixed a little bit of Las Vegas Dunk because it has the gray top. So a couple of things can make it sell, but that, that swoosh kills it for me. Um, but I know, I mean, it's a Jordan one, no matter what I say is going to sell out. So what do you guys think on this one? I mean, I, I, it's cool, but like, I like the other ones more. I like the Bordeaux ones way more. And these are women's, I mean, it's a February release. Yeah. I'm going to take any of these pre-rendered photos. I'll worry about it in like January. Ask yeah. me in January. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the Chenille swoosh is kind of, all right, you did that in 2009 on some mids. Mm-hmm. You did that on some Alele Maze. Uh, like, you know, do you, do you really need this colorway? Like does, does it need a Chenille swoosh? Like, but, I don't know. I mean, I think the colorway in this mock-up is beautiful, but I, I just, None of us need it, but also it's a lady's shoe. And this is where I think it is cool is that for so long, this wasn't a look or a literal size option for literal half the world or whatever the percentage of men and women there are on earth. Women are Chanel swoosh. Why not just make it a flat leather swoosh and make it just like, you have to do that one little thing to, 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 Really want this? I mean, that, that's a that's your man brain talking. You want the exact same thing you've had since you were eight years well, old. I always hear a lot of these probably more well, like, trying to mix mix it up. Like they don't have the generational. I need to have the perfect all leather only OG high, yada yada. And not not just you, but it's in general guys think that way. Like personally, I want yeah breads as they come out originally. No pad. I want breads, but. To a girl, like, oh, yeah, I mean, that looks cool. Texture, talking point, feeling point. There's no, like, deep relation to how it should be. And it looks awesome. So it's like, yeah, man, you you thrive, girl. Like, I think that's totally okay. These are the places to do it. Because there's going to be shoes where they have traditional everything. And we'll complain about something else. But I think it's important to spice it up for different people. Because not everybody's our age group or sex. So it's cool. I'm, I, I think it's ugly to me, but like, <laughs> it doesn't even, doesn't even come in my size. Why, why do I care? Like, what, what is my relation to it? <laughs> I couldn't buy it if I wanted to. <laughs> like, nobody cares what Robbie thinks. It's not for you, Robbie. I'm like, all right, bet. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I could see both sides of that argument because it, it's, it's one of those things where, Sometimes you just need to make the regular stuff for everybody. And then sometimes you need to differentiate and who knows like what's right and wrong. And like Robbie said, it's a mock-up. So it's probably going to look different anyway. It's like, 
you know, yeah. shatter backboard fours and all that shit when it came out. And then next you you see it and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> maybe because of time, we, we, it's a thought we're, we're getting to 45 minutes to our listeners, to your significant other who isn't deeply into sneakers and you're getting them into sneakers. I've gone through this a many times. You, you give your significant other two options, one in OG colorway and one like a new, a, a not OG colorway of something. In my experience, almost every single freaking time they think the new one looks cooler. So if you, you tell me, because they don't have the deep relation, like they don't have the subconscious or front of conscious to be like, that's not what I want. That's not what Michael Jordan wore. That's not what Kobe wore. That's not what yada yada. It literally comes down to, does it look cool to me? So like, to somebody who is newer into sneakers or is humoring you and, and is going to wear a pair of Jordan ones, like, I, I want to know from our listeners, but in my personal experience, I show my significant other a white and black GR Air Max one or, a, a, you know, a varsity red. And she's like, ooh, that white and black one looks sweet. Yeah. Well, you've learned nothing. But also, you have to wear it, not me, right? Like, well, See, we with my wife, I haven't we haven't gone to like the OG versus like like new like new sneaker discussion. She she wants to learn more about like the shoe thing because I'm into it. So she wants to know, okay, just tell me what you know. And it will still come down to what she likes more because she had a I mean, they were the the last pair of the uh what the black toe lows that came out. They weren't the you know traditional cut or whatever, but she wasn't a fan of that. But on the flip side, she loved like her favorite shoe that she wears all the time is the crossover questions. Like, yeah, not a traditional pair. It's the mismatch pair. She loves that pair. But she just she got her first pair of Air Force Ones and it was nothing. But she's like, no, she's like, I don't want these really looking ones. I want the, the ones that like me and my son has. She's like, no, I want those just the all whites and. She keeps them clean. They're not beat. So I'm really proud about that, by the way. So my wife keeps her Air Force Ones nice and crispy. They're not just looks like someone ran them over with a truck. Are they the 07 Air Force One or it is a white Air Force One? The 07 is like the okay. traditional white and white is the one they have. Well, they used to back in the day have just boxes of them in the back. Because the Air Force One's just like the Air Jordan one, right? There's so many different little variants. Yeah, this is the Air Force One. There's so many for women. And I think that's so cool. Like none of them are for me, but also they're literally not for me. So like, I think a lot of us need to let go of that and criticism of some shoes, but Nick or listeners, I'm very curious. See if like you show cam too, but cam knows shoes a little better than. Yeah. She, I mean, I, th I think she just has, you know, to your point, everybody has their own taste. You know, I think that, you know, with, with uh like if you looked at jordan ones i don't think that like the chenille swoosh affects the decision at all with with her i mean she likes some of the original stuff she likes some of the new stuff like i think one of her favorite pairs of jordan ones is those the kind of chameleon looking all-star ones that came out a few years back which you know it's like that's kind of like this right it's like it's nike trying to balance the 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 new and old one colorway right because that has the traditional color blocking has that classic look but then it's like a kind of i think it's i don't remember if it's got a like translucent outsole or, or something 
Mm-hmm. And like, this is the same thing. And and I think like, that's what I mean. I think the colorway on this is, is, is beautiful. I think it's one of those things where like, I just, you know, I, I didn't even like the post didn't even say it was a women's shoe. So I didn't even realize that until you said it, but yeah, same here. you know, like I've already said, I, I, I already have enough Jordan ones. I don't need any more. So like, that also is a great, a great point. Cause like I have that also. And I literally remember seeing it and buying it being like, Ooh, it looks familiar, but I don't have one that looks like this. The translucent yeah. outsole has metal um, lace tips. It color changes a little bit. It's different. So I was like, personally, different is cool. I like Yeah. I think it's tough because the other part about it is, at least now, right? Like if you made, let's say you made a, a, a you know, a bread Jordan 1 in women's sizing only resellers would just buy it up and resell it to people on all the, on StockX and all the other platforms and whatnot. So like you can't really do that anyway, because it would just end up hurting the entire, you know, ecosphere of, of all this stuff. Right. <laughs> I think that's the weirdest part about it is like, I wonder if they think about that when they're putting colorways together, because part of it is like, you want it to, you want it to sell out, but like, if you're trying to create for various groups of people and you create something that appeals to the other side and they can, you know, like, let's say they can fit that shoe and they're a guy, even though it's a women's release, mm-hmm. it kind of fucks everybody because they can't actually get it because a bunch of dudes want the shoe, right? Like it's just a, it's just like, I don't know, man. It, I feel like with all these things where we have so many people into very specific models and and of shoes, it just makes it even that much more complicated. And, you know, I think there's plenty of times where, where they've had successful attempts to do, you know, a a women's variation. Like this one looks pretty good to me, but like, then I think of like some of the weird stuff that they were doing where they're like, you know, putting the laces on the side and the the backwards stuff and the ankle (laughs) zip offs. And like that stuff I think is really cool. But when you're not providing women an opportunity to buy kind of traditional sneakers, I think if that's the only thing you're doing, which kind of was at the time, I think that's even, you know, equally as messed up. So, I mean, hopefully more is better in this case where people have access to it of all types, you know, but I don't know. It's, I think we could debate this forever and it, Every time something like this comes out, it it just brings it back up again. It's like, you ever doing this for, you know, the right people? Like, because I look at some of the shoes too, and I think, well, that could be a women's shoe, <laughs> you know, like yes. even like the 574, right? The Bodega 574 to me looks like, you know, I th- I know that like New Balance looks at, you know, their women's line and, and slims down a lot of the shoes to fit differently. But like the color palette on that shoe and the, the shape of a 574 looks like a women's look like it could be a women's shoe too. So I don't know. I, I, I think the best thing to do with sneakers would just be release everything as, as one unisex size all across the board. Like, I think we should eliminate all the different like European sizes, American sizes, centimeters, like just make it all the fucking same. So we all know what we're getting and there's no confusion. And if it fits you, you buy the one that fits you, and that's all. 
mm, you simplified it too much. You, you, we wish that could yeah. happen. I wish that would just be a thing. Oh, by the way, since I know we're finishing up right now, but I have to ask you guys. Um, well, Nick, they've murdered our shoe. Uh-oh. Um, I don't know if you guys can see this. Apparently, there's this is a mock-up, of course, but apparently there's a military four. Uh, oh, show it again. Oh, can you, I don't know. This is on my phone. You may not be able to see it. This is a mock-up, but I just saw this like trending on like Twitter and crap. Military blue, all, um, uh, off-white four. I'm like, guys, I just want the original. I don't need that. <laughs> I mean, I guess get your money, but come on, man. I don't know. That's a, that's a whole that's a whole can of worms. We're not going to open tonight. You're opening it. <laughs> my emotions. I just want I, I just want this one shoe again. Mine is like so beat. I just want a new pair. Yeah. I mean, I think like that's that's a that's a topic we should jump into on an, on a future episode. Just like talking about the uh, the the Adidas approach to just making everything available all the time, right? Like you can get superstars, you can get Stan Smiths almost all the time. Jordan Branch probably start doing that, but I don't know if we'll ever see it. But anyway, uh, that's pretty much it. Thanks for rocking with us. We have these feeding into the Discord. If you want to see releases uh, as part of the uh, features of the Discord, every day, every hour, every half hour, every fifteen minutes or so, there's stuff that's kicking in there to make sure that you stay up on the latest releases. If you want to do that, so I would suggest joining the Discord. It's over uh, in the links in the description or any of our social platforms. But more importantly, make sure you follow Mike and Robbie. Robbie, uh, let's let them know how they can find you. You can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. Yep. You guys can find me at um, Mike Guillory on YouTube or Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. And Nick, of course, you guys don't know where to find you. Uh, you can find me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms, uh, mostly in the Discord and at Sneaker History on all the platforms. And we will catch you on the next episode. Thanks for rocking with us. We appreciate you. Peace. See ya. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.